Oh yeah. Kick it like it's a ready or not. Five, four, three, two, one. Grab the shotgun off the mantle, Timmy. Now go on downstairs. Look at it. Grasp it. All right, people. How's it going? Welcome back to the Nicholas Comics Q&A. Your number one shake and bake for everything that's currently going on in the Nicholas Comics sphere. This week we got quite the exciting uh, discussion topics on. I thought last week was the uh, last Q&A of 2022, but turns out falls right on New Year's Eve. This is the New Year's Eve Q&A. Final day of the year, and I am ready for 2023 kicking in that new flipping year. Uh, right up on Comic Chat, Kokomo says, Hey Nick, wouldn't recommend watching Red Letter Media's newest upload. They dare to attack the VHS format. Uh, that doesn't sound much like Red Letter Media. Their entire brand is built off uh, the VHS format. They have a lot to... They have a, they have a lot of a debt to VHS because that's where they got their fucking popularity from. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why they would. That seems counterproductive. Given that their entire careers revolve around uh, VHS. Like, they wouldn't... They wouldn't be popular without it. I'm not sure why they'd make a video like that. Um, but I'll check it out, because it's not as if uh, I'm uh, deranged or anything. I can take a, uh, an assault on VHS. I mean, maybe who knows? Maybe it's uh, maybe it maybe it's uh, well reasoned. Oh, the Nuki one. I thought that was just. Uh, I thought I thought that was just. Uh, I thought that was just a review of Nuki. I guess it's a it's a review of a VHS grading. Or they actually watch Nuki. I don't know if they've watched Nuki. Uh, there's been a growing trend in VHS collecting, which has created an entirely new market for professional VHS grading, very similar to what's been happening with video game cartridge grading. Um, not sure how that works, considering that VHS tapes are, like, much more common uh, than VHS, than, uh, than video game cartridges. Like, I go to the thrift store, and I see, like, fucking, you know, like, 200 VHS tapes. I don't see a single, like, Super Mario cartridge or something. Or not even, like, a valuable one like that, just like any Atari cartridge or anything. Um, I'm pretty sure VHS is much more common than a, like any video game cartridge, so I'm not sure how exactly uh, you make something like that valuable. Um, unless it's like really rare, which I, I, I don't think like that works exactly with VHS because VHS operates on a on a system of copying of like duplication you can like duplicate any vhs tape you can't really do that with like super mario bros super mario 64 unless you like you know uh, tore out the ram and everything and um as far as i know there there aren't machines that can copy video game cartridges like how they copy a vhs just with a, with a tape deck and very basic equipment 
who, uh, watch the first couple seconds of this, actually, it, it looks interesting. VHS copy of Back to the Future sells for 75k. Yeah, that's funny. I have Back to the Future on a VHS. It's not worth 75k. It's worth, like, $3, but, uh, good for you, I guess, if you want to spend that much money off something you could go down to the thrift store for and get, like, uh, two of these. I, I mean, good good luck with that, I guess. Yeah, not not even like a rare movie, not even like something, just like Back to the Future, which there's like thousands of copies of those in circulation. It's it's one of the most popular movies of all time. Of course, uh, of course, there's going to be a bunch of those. I think. If Red Letter Media is just shitting on uh, VHS collecting, spot on, guys, because it's fucking stupid. Um, that's that's actually, I mean, VHS collecting isn't stupid. I I collect VHS, but I don't like sell them for like seventy five thousand dollars. That's ridiculous. Um, so if if that's all Red Letter Media is shitting on, then good on them because they understand, you know, with like their massive collection of like million VHS tapes that uh they're not that valuable. I guess I'll see about this. Oh wow, they they got like bunch of copies of Nuki. Looks like one Mac and me in the middle there. Yeah, this looks like a fun video. I'll watch it after the Q and A. Thanks for the recommendation. Um I like Red Letter Media. I do. Um it can be a, a little boomery at times, but I do think they're easily like one of the most entertaining uh, analysis channels on YouTube. They have a great production value. I've, like, brought this up, like, way better production value than anything on fucking Netflix or uh, Disney+. Plus. That's so funny, like, that, that an episode of uh, The Nerd Crew has a higher production value than any of the shit on Netflix. That's so funny. Um, the Nerd Crew is a great series. Highly recommend checking it out. Uh, anywho, so this week, what's going on this week? My VCR is still in the shop, still trying to get it repaired, but as soon as 2023 rolls around, I think I'm going to come out with uh, more on medicine, volume one on VHS, the first six episodes of the class classic cult sketch comedy show. And then on a... I'm definitely going to make more copies of the Hypnagogic Archive tape. Uh, it was unavailable for a little bit, but I'm going to, going to make sure that there's a lot of copies out there so everyone get their hands on that sweet, sweet Hypnagogic Archive value pack, um, which is a great value, a great deal. Uh, yesterday, I spent about four hours trudging in the knee-deep snow just to sell some of my tapes. And man, oh man, is that exciting to know that my tapes are now currently for sale. Um, I won't say where, but if you uh, scour the Denver metro area and every single store that stocks up on cassettes, you'll find where I, uh, where I dropped them off, and it's quite the spot. And uh, they're, they're on sale now, so get them while they're hot. Little scavenger hunt. All you listeners out in the Denver metro area, get your paws on some of those comics. You got man. Dingo on. 
All right, we got. I love. I'm like a regular guest of the show. I love this. Yeah, yeah. You can pop on whenever the heck you want. So as it turns out, uh, a couple weeks back we were discussing my Kiki stock camera video. By oh. sheer coincidence, it got a massive view boost. Uh, not because I changed the title, because uh, a bigger YouTuber, V Westlife, who usually covers like old tech and stuff, uh, mentioned Kiki Stack Hammer in one of his videos. Ah, so yes. My video got an exponential view boost. And ironically, if I had changed the title and taken Kiki Stack Hammer out of it, uh, it wouldn't have gotten that view boost because people would have searched Kiki Stack Hammer and they would have seen well, the put video in the tags. For, put in the, the tags, it will show up. I don't use it, tags because YouTube itself says that using tags doesn't help your video out any. YouTube is lying. Tags help your video out a lot. So the way, the reason why YouTube says that is what tags do is tags affect uh, search engine optimization, right? So let's say if I make a video called the best video game of all time, uh, okay. and I don't put any tags on it, no one's just going to look up the best video game of all time on YouTube, right? And then find the video, right? Yeah. But if I, let, let's say the game is uh, Forza Horizon 5, right? Let's say I just fill it full of Forza, right? Like Forza Horizon 5, Forza Horizon 5 map, Forza Horizon 5 gameplay, right? If you look up yeah. Forza Horizon 5, or best game, or Forza Horizon 5, it will appear on the search results. That's why tags are so useful. So they are useful for discovery, but YouTube has a very narrow definition of helping with your video. I mean, if if it helped your video get massive view boosts, wouldn't they just say that? Um, yeah, because it, YouTube has a very narrow definition of, of what they define as like um, helping out with the video, right? They don't uh, the define is, views as helping with the video? No, they did. They don't define search engine optimization as being a part of um, uh, view boosting, right? Because search engine optimization isn't uh, assisted by like a, um, by like a like a like this algorithm that markets to you depending on what you've searched up. Search engine optimization is like the most direct way to get to All an right, audience. Then I'll I'll tell you what I'll do, sir. Just as a, as an experiment here, I'll I'll put tags on every one of my videos. I think there's good idea. Over, yeah. over five hundred at this point. See if my view count explodes over the next month or so it's called um, uh if you use a service called uh rapid tags it, like auto generates tags oh, for that's you all right you I, I think i'll i think i'll go in manually and uh and put the tags all right sounds good bro uh, hoping you get that view based so last week you made the bizarre assumption that everyone's oh boy. in life can we uh, not do a debate i'm just so chilling out playing factoria right now is that right we don't do a debate well, it doesn't need to be a debate. I, I'm I'm just curious. I don't want to have like a controversial conversation or like a. It's, it's uh, not very controversial. I mean, this is your this is your perspective here that everyone <laughs> yeah. everyone in society should go to college. Probably a good uh, idea. Why, why do you think that? Why, oh, why is it? Um. <coughs> um. So if you if you look at the the data, it seems okay. pretty clear. It seems right. pretty clear. That if you look Same. at the percentage of people who didn't go to college and the percentage of people who did go to college, uh, so by the way, this is sort of a philosophical argument. I'm a utilitarian. I believe in uh, the action that does the that has the most that does the most good for the world, basically. Um, right. And I think what is the what is the most good for the world is that everybody is um, in is in careers and jobs that contribute to society, right? And if you look yeah. at the the data, if you look at statistics, like 
um, what percentage of people who don't go to college uh, get careers? So it's, it's much, much lower than the percentage of people who do go to college and then go out of college and uh, get offered jobs or or um, or, or go to careers, right? Uh, this, this is just uh, generally, like, this is just, like, statistically true. So that would be the backing for my claim. So You're welcome to disagree. I just, that's my personal opinion. Do all careers require uh, college? Like, don't some require a trade school? Um, isn't, isn't that an alternative option that some people uh, want? Like, if you're say, a plumber or an electrician, yeah. go to trade school, wouldn't you? I would say, but I would not, say the careers. Um, I'll, I'll say, I'll say when I say college, I you're from what America. I'm from Ireland, so our definitions are very, very different. When I say college, usually I'm just referring to higher education or education beyond high school or secondary so, school. As a, as an independent mail order cartoonist, my job revolves around people <laughs> sending me money in the mail, uh, me going out selling my comics and products to retail shops. And alternatively, uh, me playing music live at uh, local venues and the like. Um, how could college possibly <coughs> that? Like, how how could college say, uh, in like increase my options in as far as me independently going out and selling my stuff goes? Um, easy. So, for example, if you go to business school, business school could teach you a lot about um, how to market your comics effectively. Art school could teach you more about drawing. Um, like, obviously, it's not like you're going to sit here and say, I'm the best drawer in the uh, I'm, I'm the best doodler. I'm the no, best artist. No, I wouldn't uh, say anything hyperbolic but, like that. But, but you would, but. If you if you were to um for instance uh go, go to a place like art school you could learn a lot more and of course I would say that art has job. no rules I would say art that. is a manifestation of human expression I, and you can't really apply technique to that I would say I think the best I artist didn't go to art school I think the best artist didn't go to art school I, are you saying that art school isn't valuable at all uh. Not if you're entering a field that's not like graphic design, logo design, something corporate like that. Why do you think people um, go to art school? Uh, because they think art requires technique and it has like rules, but it really doesn't. It, it's slapping paint on a canvas. There's there's no like hard and fast lines to that. There really isn't any like if you if you take that approach, you're going to make really crap art. There's this local cartoonist, I won't name names, but uh, you can just tell with every panel that like he went to art school and he learned about perspective and shading and shit, but his art is completely soulless. It just looks like a, like a blueprint. Like there's, no, uh, there's nothing unique about it. There's no passion in it. There's no heart in it. And uh, the best art is usually made by just like, uh, you know, uh, people who uh, dedicate hours of their time to drawing. Um, I mean, my, my response would be, I'm not sure that being a mail order cartoonist um, <clears throat> provides as much value to society as, say, um, I don't know, uh, let's say like a doctor uh, or... Right, and and I would say that's an elitist argument, and, and you can't really call yourself like utilitarian if you don't promote a society where all jobs are valued equally, like... Every what do you think utilitarianism means? Every job is useful to society, even the lowest of the low. Like the, but the some guy are more fucking, useful than others. The mm -hmm. guy who sells freaking ice cream out of a cart on the sidewalk, that's a useful job, because if you're hot and you want an ice cream, then you 
then you get an ice cream that's useful for I guess my problem is is I think if you have more capital and more money, you're more able to, let's say, so I'm an effective altruist, right? So you're more able to um donate to charity. You're more you're when you have more monetary capital, you're more able you're able to do more good in the world. You've already said before that you don't make much money off of this. The, the data you, shows that if you make a lot of money, you don't like donate a lot to charity. Like Jeff Bezos. You should though. Uh, no, but the, and the should, but people. And, but the reason why they don't, don't is because of is because of uh, societal conditioning. Is because we're um, um, we're taught essentially that the wealth that we earn is ours, uh, and I would yeah. argue that the wealth that you earn is actually uh, is not yours, but I think it belongs to really a lot of different people, right? right but... So, for instance, does who does Elon Musk's wealth really truly belong to? It doesn't belong to Elon Musk. Yeah, right. It belongs to all his employees, but there's nothing exactly. to force him to give his money to his employees or to society as a whole. Um, so, like, I don't think he's a very useful person to society. I'd argue the average Tesla employee uh, is a more useful person to society. They probably donate plenty to charity on the the data shows as you suggest going by data that like the middle class and lower class is more likely to actually be philanthropic so i'm, I'm not sure exactly why as a utilitarian you apply the most benefit to positions of extreme like billionaires where they just like sit around and don't do much like I, i'd argue that menial labor like plumbing or being an electrician or a construction worker or something uh, is more valuable th to society than whatever the fuck Jeff Bezos does. He just like sell shit over the internet. Like, you know, like Amazon isn't even a fucking useful thing for commerce. I can't get my fucking VCR repaired at Amazon. I can't get my VCR repaired locally at a local shop um, by a small business owner. So I don't really get why like I don't really get why, as a utilitarian, you assume by default that college will, uh, like, fix society if everyone goes to college. I'd argue that that's, like, anti-diversity, because everyone has a different experience with education, everyone has a different life going on, and people will do whatever benefits them the most given their selected career. Um, but, but I think to imply that, like, certain jobs have more worth than others um like if everyone was a doctor true, if though, everyone right? was a doctor then there wouldn't be any you know electricians if everyone was just a fucking doctor like if everyone just went for the highest paying fanciest jobs then we wouldn't have like useful jobs that actually get shit done um and you know society would collapse if everyone was just a boring college scientist and nobody was like you know uh, didn't go to college and had a job that paid less, not necessarily paid less. I think electricians and construction workers should obviously get paid more than they do. But if nobody had a job like that, society would absolutely collapse if everyone had the same type homogenous college-produced factory job or, you know, lawyer, doctor, whatever. Yeah, that's I, interesting. I find it interesting, too. You mentioned that... Uh, it, well, you assumed, without any real justification, that uh, my goal is to move out of my parents' house and buy a new house. 
I don't think I wait, was this uh, before. Or was this in this conversation? That was, that was last week. You said you oh. said the goal is to go to to uh, move out and buy a house. So I have to. Wonder, yeah, I assumed. Yeah, as utilitarian. I did assume. Do you think it's an efficient system, or like every every time someone has a kid, and then like the kid grows up, they go out and buy another house, and then when they have kids, the kids go out and buy another house, and they just oh, keep yeah, bu- is... moving out and buying houses ad infinitum. That's a wasteful system because then the parents just get old and die in the old house. And the house goes to waste when it could have just been occupied by their offspring. Um, right. maybe, but um, again, th- that's how things ideally would work. The problem is, is that like uh, oftentimes when people are paying for um for houses, they don't really own them, right? They're they're paying a mortgage on them. Um, it is the case that when parents uh, do pay off their mortgage, like for example, my parents uh, have, um, it it is because you know we've had very had the house for a very very long time. Uh, it's like a family thing, right? It goes back and back through the. I the see, family. like an um, like an ancestral manner. Yeah, th- this that's how it should work. Uh, the problem is, is that like you have to match very specific. Um, in fact, you should talk to Destiny. Do you know who Destiny is? The, the streamer. Yeah, yeah, you should you you should talk to Destiny. I think he would. I doubt he, I could. He's a pretty uh, he's a pretty high figure. Yeah, if you send him an email, um, at his, if you, like if you just listen to what he says, you have anything you disagree with, he has a whole thing. You can just like contact him and. Uh, if you're able to and... get me in contact with him, absolutely. In fact, if you're I'll send you the email. To, I mean, if you were able to get him here on the Q and A, um, this is I'm this sure is, this is the real question. Like, if 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 you reside. In a house that your ancestors have been in for so so many generations, um, why why are you against that idea? Why are you for no, I'm not. like wasting the old home and moving into a brand new um, home? Here's the, it's here's... just matter of fact that you have to reach a lot of different conditions to be able to do that, and oftentimes that's not going to be feasible, even in the perfect society, right? Because the only answer to that question would be to decommodify housing, and I really don't think that. It's would work not either. about whether that's feasible; it's about whether that's preferable to everyone across the board to to get a new house that they don't know and aren't familiar with and aren't really interested in. Uh, why would that be preferable to have your own house that's not your parents? Because your parents are just going to get mm. old and die, and then when they die, you can have the house. So it's like efficient. It's an efficient system if they just pass on the house to you instead of you going out and buying a new house, and then they have to well, how sell do you, the house or the house gets foreclosed. How do you think we would solve that then? Uh, issues with, uh, for example, parents paying off their mortgage and by the time they die, the mortgage will be paid off. How would you suggest that we would solve that? You mean, like, by the time a parent dies, the mortgage is paid off? No, no, so the mortgage, uh, oftentimes the mortgage isn't paid off. That's why they don't own the house outright. Oh, then the kid just pays it off, or until, you know, like, such... Like, if if you keep having kids and each successive generation grows up in the same house, then eventually the mortgage will be paid off, and then it'll just be, you know, theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, Why do you think that doesn't happen? Because everyone keeps moving out, because that's a societal expectation that you have to move out, move out, move out, and everyone keeps buying new houses that they don't need, and then the old houses go to waste and get foreclosed. Have your parents? Um, just curious, out of curiosity, have your parents paid off of paid off their mortgage, or are you going to take? Oh, my parent, uh, singular, is uh, renting oh. and has rented for the past thirty years. So, so. J- just curious. 
wouldn't you want to be living your values then? Wouldn't you want to be but when you have children to buy a house and keep paying it off? Why don't you like? See, that's the thing. I'm not going to have values. children. I'm asexual. I'm never going to get married, and I'm never going to have children. And I will be the end of my family's lineage. I'm not going to have a successive generation. So, moving into a new house does that does that upset your parents? Oh, not at all. Uh, my sexuality is is not uh, their concern, or her concern. Again, singular, uh, not parents plural. Uh, oh, I apologize. Let's suppose, let's suppose, like, moving into a new house would achieve nothing. I'd be out of my element. I'd be paying tons of mortgage payments. Um, I would, I would be, like, completely out of my element. And it would accomplish nothing because I wouldn't have a wife or kids who would, who would need the house. And even if I did have kids, according to your model... The minute they grew up, they just move out, and the and the house I bought would be uh, effectively worthless. Because, yeah, the like, problem is, so is that pointless. um the pro the problem is is that like um I think when you have your own place, I think we can sort of track this based off of data that being independent um helps with your mental health. I think if you have a stronger mental health, if you have a stronger ment mental psyche, you're more able to do good over a longer period of time. So that's we, we can sort of track to that. the data, and, like, why, why do you assume that mental health and, and what makes people happy is, is, like, homogenous across the board and is universally consistent for every single person? See, when you apply, like, a we, data well, set to that's humanity what, that's... like that, when you apply a data set to humanity, that, that kind of reeks... So you just think... So just be... You, what? Well, so I mean, wait, why, 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 why do you think like we... like a one-size-fits-all scenario. Why do you think we use data? Uh, I think data can be useful in some cases, like scientific ones, but I think applying it uh, to like so you everyone disavow, across the board... You disavow statistics being used for anything to do with the way humans work we or took statistics in probability in uh, high school, but I think statistics and psychology are very different fields. Like, if you want to... I just want to make sure that health, you're comfortable don't think that statisticians are good for improving someone's mental health. I think, I think like, psychologists are, and they take a, you know, individual approach. They don't just say, oh, well, this is what statistically would help people's mental health across the board in this entire... A country they say but statistics we'll, are just we'll facts. treat everyone on a case-by-case -case basis because everyone has a different experience and everyone has a different thing going on statistics That's are facts like, though oh so like would you argue that that psychology has no has no grounds that that's like psychiatrists should uh just apply like the exact same medication to all their patients no i i would say that um data is the plural of anecdotes and I would say that if you're if you're if you're not going to discount anecdotes, uh, then you can't discount data either. But anecdotes aren't always facts. They aren't permissible in court. Well, no, if, uh, no, anecdotes are uh, permissible in court, hundred percent. That all fucking court cases are anecdotes. Uh, no, I think they have they have a thing where they can rule out certain anecdotes if they're not if they're not factually. Accurate. No, so like. If I'm in a court case and the court case is hearsay. about That's someone dying, hearsay. no, hearsay is when you go, oh, somebody told me this. Um, yeah, that's like I, a second-hand uh, anecdote. That's, it's that's, not direct that's not observation. Secondhand. 
The problem with it is not that it's an anecdote. The problem with it is that it's secondhand. That's why it's called hearsay. How do you and know not... no data is based off secondhand observation? How, how do you assume it's all based off primary? Because we can look at the because we can look at the data and we can look at how the study is conducted. That's what a study is. You you trust data implicitly. Yes, I trust. I trust data. Data you, is the and foundation. And you believe it should of... be applied to psychiatry and, and the mental health field. It already it it already is. Well, it depends what you mean by applied. Like across the board, you give the same patient every, the same treatment because the data says that... no, no. There's no data that says we should give all depressed That's people not blank milligrams. Let's That's say there's a really good what antidepressant is... that comes out that in general improves everyone's depression. Your argument wouldn't be that a psychiatrist should just say, well. Uh, let's give everyone this antidepressant, uh, regardless of their case history or their, uh, you know, uh, <coughs> so the notes we wonder, took during the session. I don't know if you live in the same reality as me, so I'm going to try and pose this question uh, yeah, you live in Ireland. So, so let's look at, um, let's look at this, right? So yeah. when I say uh, statistics are useful for understanding the human condition. Right. right. Let's give an example of what my argument might be applied to. Fifty okay. percent of all chocolate likers, or how can I have this? Ninety-five percent of all chocolate bar enjoyers also like cookies. Okay. So my inference off of that is, if one of my friends likes chocolate, and I have a cookie, I'm gonna give my friend a cookie. Because I trust the data, and the data says if they like chocolate, they probably like cookies too. Now you're saying, okay, Dingo. So let's say someone's depressed, and there's um and there's data that says um that this antidepressant works. You think that we should assign them 500 milligrams of antidepressant without checking just because the data says so? So my problem is that is no, that's not what I said. That's not that's you a implied different that according to the data, like owning your own house is better for your mental health, so everyone should own. Their yeah, own exactly. House. So let's let's let let. So we're presenting the house um, as the cookie, and we're saying that like uh, the chocolate is like the person like chocolate, right? We're pretty sure that a lot of people like chocolate. Ninety-five percent of people like chocolate. Okay. Okay. Ninety-five percent of people. That's a lot of fucking people who could be making a lot of a difference in the world. So if I were to give those 95% a cookie, like a house, even okay. if one person prefers to live with their parents, they can go live with their parents. But then that, I'm not saying they're not allowed to do that. But the 95% of society who would be well under a house should have their own house. Let's, let's say you replace- I'm not arguing against independence. Let's say you replace the antidepressant with a house. It's something that makes you happier. Let's say you replace the house with the antidepressant. If we go by data, would it not lead to psychiatrists across the board recommending uh, antidepressants? That's exactly what happened in America's opioid crisis. People just recommended this shit. It wasn't necessary, but they were like, oh, the data says. Yeah, exactly. So let's do it well, for here's the, here's the entirety the of society instead of taking the time and effort to evaluate everyone on a case-by-case -case basis. But the problem is, is that I'm not arguing that we should force everybody to get a house. So the most important thing is I'm not arguing about okay. independence. I'm right. arguing that broadly across society, what I think probably should happen. I don't care if out of 
the let's say I don't know one if out of one billion people, one hundred thousand have a house uh, live at home with their parents. I don't mind. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that if we look at the data, most people operate better under those circumstances. So those most people should have a house of their own. Does that make sense? Uh. I think it's awfully naive to think that data can't be used for nefarious purposes. Like I didn't say it can't, but Reich. I would say, but I I, I would say that um, if you're if you're talking about um, uh, I what you're trying to say here is numbers don't lie, liars use numbers. Is kind of your point. Uh, yeah, the you're like right. eugenics is based off that. You're you're right. People can manipulate data and statistics to come to their own uh, nefarious states. The problem is, is that in the way I'm using data, I don't think there's some guy out there who's like, yes, we're going to make them all grow up, move out of their parents' home and get their own houses. Right, see, that's, <laughs> what, that's what, that's what, right? Like, that's what society generally tends toward um, under fascism. You, you like remove the, the agency of the people and you say, well, you know, this is for their own good. The, the ends justify the means. And once all this is done, we'll have a utopian future society that's perfect and great and well-run. But for the time being, it's a shithole. But, but in the future, it'll be great. You, you, you use data as like a justification. Like, oh, it's not great now. You know, it's not great now. But it'll be good in the future because that's what our data says. That's what, the, that's what the timeline projects, right? I would argue the best but way I'd to understand to the human condition, the best way to understand the human condition is not through data sets. Like, I look at the U.S. Census, that's not a, a great way to understand the human condition. It's a very impersonal way to understand basic, like, statistics about a population as a whole. But if you want to understand the human condition, uh, you should actually look at the outliers, because the outliers provide a contrast with the main group, right? Um data points that are way off the chart. I, I took statistics and probability in high school, and it's one of the few fields that have actually stuck with me. Um, yeah. Because it's a fascinating field. But if you want to actually understand the human condition, you should study the outliers. And you should also engage in direct life experience. I've, I've advocated for this, but... Like, uh, man, the street interviews, for instance, like Fox... Sorry, actually, I do have to go now. Um... Great conversation with you. Busy stuff is a video essay. Um, huh? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm a busy guy. Um, I will, I, I will speak to you very, very soon. It's great this conversation. I'll link you up with some debaters. I think they'd love to have conversations with oh, you. Okay. I'll put you on their platforms. Love you, man. I know sometimes sure. I, uh, I mess I, with you a little bit, but I love you. You're a really interesting guy. I love having these conversations. I'd go with Destiny. She can give me Destiny. Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll yeah, see sure. you later, man. Cheers. Betcha, sir. That's a fascinating perspective. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say Vox Populi interviews in general are a better way of understanding the human condition in a raw data. Teach their own, I suppose. That's a fascinating perspective there. Uh, Dingo, as you may, you may or may not be aware, is a prominent video essayist. Um, he has... Uh, I, I've I've given him a shout out every single video. If he could get me with Destiny, I I I I haven't watched any of Destiny's streams, but he seems like a real beefcake. So I'd be interested in having a conversation with the guy. Um, that could be uh that could be very interesting. I don't know if Dingo has like a direct 
line of communication. I, I don't know. Um, because, uh, you know, it seems pr like pretty small fish in the, in the overall commentary sphere. But man, if, uh, if Mr. Destiny was willing to have a, have a goddamn discussion, then I'd be like, shit, yeah. Um, the one condition, of course, would be that I can't use a webcam, unfortunately. So it'd have to be audio only, or Destiny could, uh, take a webcam and I'd just be audio, um, because I... I don't have a webcam, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be up for, for a long, long debate with uh, Destiny. Or, or Hassan, either one of them, really. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not too fond of either. I'm not, I'm not too fond of either Destiny or Hassan. They both seem like very bland people, um, and I don't really get why, uh, someone would watch hours and hours of them. I mean, if 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 you find me planned and you don't want to listen to the Nicholas Comics Q and A for two hours, that's perfectly understandable. This is filler content, you know. But whenever I make a video, it's not like a six-hour stream. It's like a very succinct, well-edited piece of content. And I'm sure, you know, as as a prominent video essayist, uh, Dingo would agree. Like a a, a twenty-minute little succinct video. It's well edited is infinitely preferable to Hassan just sitting there for six hours and going, Yup, yup, this is it. Here I am in my room. Oh boy. I, 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 you know, there, there's the, there was the, uh, topic a while back of like Hassan buys this huge mansion. I find it really sad that today's, like, political commentators are th these, like, fucking hipsters. You know, back in the day, you used to have, like, Walter Cronkite and shit, and people who actually, like, gave a shit about uh, uh, accurate journalism, you know. But uh, these days, the, the, the young generation is getting influenced by these, like, hipster guys. And, um, I, I find, I find uh, Hassan just utterly insufferable. But there was that thing a while back about he buys a mansion. It's mentioned in the Dingo video, but I had heard about it before that, obviously. And it's like, can socialists buy mansions? Uh, should socialists be buying um, b fancy cars and expensive shit? Now, I would argue no, because nobody needs that shit. You don't need a fucking Ferrari or a Lambo. You don't need the giant fucking mansion in the Beverly Hills. Nobody needs that. It's not, it's not a human necessity to have that. Um, I find it interesting that Dingo's perspective is that everyone should buy their own giant house, and yet, uh, he, you know, like, everyone got big on Hassan for buying this big extravagant mansion he doesn't need. I also find it bizarre that Dingo is, uh, has that perspective of, like, people's mental health are better is better yet yet by his own admission he, he lives in like an ancestral manner which is a long you know uh thing over in europe you just like live with your parents and then when they die you just get their house as far as i'm aware that's a very european thing you know over in italy france like that they're not fucking buying giant swaths of land and just co coating them in the suburbs you know they just fucking are like Okay, I'll live with my mom and dad, and if I find them annoying, they'll die eventually, and then I'll just live here. Yeah. Um. I'm in Ireland, you know, from what I can tell. But, uh, that's, I think, like, the best possible system. You just live where your parents lived, and then, and then if you have kids, you just pass it on to them. 
Now, obviously, um, Hassan, when he bought this big mansion, it was like, oh, wow, you know, should socialists um, be uh, buying these giant mansions? I, I would argue that, like, you know, you, you can buy whatever the fuck you want, but the last thing you, you should be as a socialist is, is cringe. Um, you, you really should not be cringe if you're a socialist. Um, that's why, like, the best socialists, the ones that uh, I engage with anyway, are not cringe. Is socialism as it is, and again, I'm not a socialist, I'm a liberal, but speaking just from a, from like a, a popularity angle, if socialism wants to actually become popular here in the United States, actually wants to go mainstream, uh, it needs to ditch the fucking cringe. It needs to get rid of its bad actors and, like, put forward a leader who's actually, like, cool and shit. You know, like Che Guevara. Um, it needs a modern-day equivalent of Che Guevara instead of all these fucking Hassans and all these Bernie Sanders. Um, it needs, like, a real, a real like, figurehead who's actually, like, you know... It's uh, like they can get shit done. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea who takes Bernie Sanders seriously. I've said it before and I'll say it again. First time I heard of Bernie Sanders back in 2016, I thought he was a fucking joke candidate. Because his first name reminds me of Weekend at Bernie's, and his last name is the name of Colonel Sanders. So I thought he was a joke candidate, like Furman Supreme. I really did. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was a, a troll or something. Then I was like, oh wait, this guy's for real. This guy actually thinks that he can be like a big, um, that he can be president. And that's really funny, because nobody in their right mind would vote for Bernie Sanders. He has, like, zero charisma. Um, he, he did a parody of Old Town Road, didn't he? It's just the most cringe shit. You can just tell, hey, this guy does not know shit about the youth who he's trying to appeal to. Is he doing Old Town Road, or am I, am I mixing him up? Oh, yeah, it was on, uh, it was on Jimmy Fallon. Of course it was the the world's worst the world's worst freaking uh talk show has Bernie Sanders on. Um it's called o Old Town Hall. And uh you, you watch it if you're into some serious cringe. Bernie Sanders tries to appeal to younger voters in the 2020 presidential race by rapping to the tune of Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus's Old Town Road remix. Um, now, obviously, this is supposed to be a joke, and it's maybe it's cringe intentionally, but this is why Bernie Sanders didn't win in 2020, because he does cringe shit like this, and he just comes off as this out-of-touch, deranged, ma mad scientist that nobody wants to vote for, because he looks old, and you don't want a presidential candidate who looks like they're one foot from the grave, and you want a presidential candidate who's going to live through their term. I don't, like, even if Bernie Sanders can live through his term, could have lived through his term if he got elected in 2020, and probably, heck, even could have li could live if he gets elected in 2024. Um, he doesn't look it. He doesn't give off that energy like, I'm a strong guy and I can do what's right for the country and I can do important shit. Pure cringe. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know who who would who on like Bernie's campaign team was like, yeah, you know what you should do, Bernie. Here's what you ought to do. 
you want to go on Jimmy Fallon and rap to Old Town Road. That that will uh, absolutely secure you to the young generation and make them like you. Um, good good luck with that, Bernie. Uh, like really good luck. Uh, what socialism needs is a young person, not like Hassan, not like th this hipster bro um, who lives in California. Let's say like a, a Latino immigrant, right? You know, born to born to immigrant parents. Let's say he's like the new Che Guevara. You know, let's say that um, he actually had a difficult childhood and actually, you know, like had a had a tough time. You know, under the American system. There's the type uh, figure that uh, socialists of America ought to be uh, rallying behind. If you're hearing socialists seriously, like. Um, your image is just bad the longer figures like Hassan are up in there. This this song is pathetic, but I, I highly recommend listening to it. If you want a, a, a good idea of just why, like, um, Bernie Sanders is a terrible representation of socialism. As an ideal, uh, he's just a really bad... Just a really bad guy to have on your team. Like, if, if Bernie Sand, I, I wish Bernie Sanders was a Republican, because they'd lose every fucking election. Hands down. If Bernie Sanders was uh, repping for them. It doesn't matter what, what freaking... Wait, Jimmy... Wait, this isn't even... It's not even really Bernie Sant. Is it just Jimmy? Oh shit. I got fooled. I got fooled. It's actually just, uh. It's actually just Jimmy Fallon. It's actually, it's actually just Jimmy Fallon. Is this the only good Im 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 impersonation Jimmy Fallon has ever done? Shit, I remembered wrong. Is this the only good impersonation Jimmy Fallon has ever done? I thought I thought Jimmy Fallon was cringe, but this is actually a really good impression. Um, it's actually it's actually better than uh, Larry David's. Uh, I don't know why Jimmy Fallon would do this, but. Uh, and I, I can see Bernie Sanders doing this, but. This is a, uh, you know, this is the magic of the Nicholas Comics Q&A here. I can, uh, I can, I can be an error, actually. Um, those of you out there who say, you know, oh, Nick doesn't want to admit when he's wrong. Uh, I was wrong. It's not actually Bernie Sanders. It's actually just, uh, Jimmy Fallon dressed up as Bernie Sanders. But he is under, like, a lot of film grain and sepia tones, so it's hard to tell. Um, I was in error. It's, it's not Bernie Sanders. It's just Jimmy Fallon. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, Bernie Sanders doesn't even... Wasn't Bernie Sanders on an SNL skit with, uh, with Larry David? Larry David doesn't do a very good impression. Jimmy Fallon is spot on. That's actually crazy um, how, how good Jimmy Fallon's impersonation is. I was... Uh, I was fooled, Jimmy. I, I was actually fooled. Um, 
but uh yeah i guess i guess it was two years ago so you know or no it was all the way back in 2019 so makes sense i i i i don't remember right but uh It's cringe regardless. I mean, Jimmy Fallon is uh, not a funny guy, but this has to be, like, the best impersonation I've ever seen him do um, for anything. Like, this is spot on. And what with Bernie, what with Jimmy Fallon not being funny, it kind of, uh, it, uh, it makes sense because Bernie Sanders isn't funny either. But that, that's, uh, that's a mistake. I, uh, you know, anytime I do make a mistake, anytime I do make a factual error, I'm more than willing to to admit it. Let's check out Bernie Sanders' official YouTube channel and an actual uh, YouTube video that Bernie Sanders has posted. Um, uh, thank you. One month ago, 371,000 views. Um with the the least flattering thumbnail I've ever seen. Now, obviously, Bernie Sanders' actual videos are not going to have as high a production value as the Jimmy Fallon skit. Um, they, they look like they're all from 2006. He's probably not the best editor. Let's check out Thank You, uh, the video. Let's see how appealing the actual Bernie Sanders video with real Bernie Sanders in it is. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe he'll uh, amaze me with his uh, video-making prowesses. Right off the bat, we have the least appealing possible intro. We got Bernie Sanders' uh, upper-crust Vermont accent. It turned out far better. Um, he sounds like he sounds like he's got something in his throat there. I can't stand the fucking accent. It's just the absolute worst. Like imagine if Obama had this really uh, pronounced, you know, fucking like Brooklyn accent. He was like, "Hey, I'm Obama over here." I don't know. I don't know if that's a Brooklyn. Ac I don't know any of the fucking New York accents. They all sound the same to me. It's like that. It's like if uh, if a real politician had a, had an accent that pronounced that you don't get elected like that because you just come off as like from one part of the country and you don't appeal to the entirety of the country. That's that's how it works. You have to appeal to every state, so you have to use a, a, a general dialect. Generally, just some advice there. I mean, there are some there are some exceptions. There are some uh, presidents who have had pretty strong accents. Um, FK did, but. In general, presidents don't really have very strong accents. Uh, this this video is just Bernie Sanders standing in front of a blue curtain. Uh, and as usual, Bernie Sanders has absolutely no uh, charisma. He's not talking like, Hey, aren't I a cool guy? Vote for me. He's ta He's just talking like, yeah, this is how things went down. This is how it happened. I'm Bernie Sanders. Coffee. He's like, voter turnout was high, especially in some battleground states like Pennsylvania. 
Uh, you know, you know, when uh, Bernie Sanders has to thank you for voting, that maybe voter turnout is a little too low. Um, I, I don't exactly see this as the type video that is going to really rally the troops to get out there and vote. Uh, he doesn't seem very enthused about it. He's just like, yeah, th thank you for voting. Yeah, that was great. Okay. I'm Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, here at six minutes, Bernie Sanders says, Maxwell will be the first member of Gen Z elected to Congress. And I want to congratulate him on his historic victory. Um, see, this is, this is a real uh, blunder here. Maxwell Frost. Let, let's check this guy out. It is a real blunder that Bernie made here, um, paying too much attention to the, um, to the generational gap. Um, you shouldn't do that, right? Because you want, you want every generation to just vote for you in unison. You don't want to draw up lines between Gen Z and millennials and everything. Um, you want to, like, treat the American public as a single entity, you know, and, 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 don't worry about the age, because that really has nothing to do with... It doesn't have shit to do with anything. Like, Bernie Sanders is proof of that, right? He's, like, freaking... He's old, but he's, like, one of the most progressive people in America. Um, so, he's proof that, like, the age of someone has jack shit to do with their policies, or, like, whether they're progressive or conservative. Um, th that's a terrible strategy there. To be like, well, this, uh, I, I, I'm, Maxwell Frost isn't fucking Gen Z. He's born in 1997. What the hell? That, that's not Gen Z. I mean, I, I'm, I'm barely Gen Z, and I was born freaking 2002. Let, let's see the actual definition of uh, Gen Z here. It gets confusing, but, um. 1997, that's not, that's not Gen Z. Like, come on. Gen Z is the generation of people born in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Oh, wait. G Gen Alpha is anyone born in or after uh, 2010. So no, Gen Z is the entire Gen Z is the entire 2000, not not just the early 2000s. I think, quite honestly, if you're around, uh, you know, pre 911, uh, branding yourself as the youngin is a little a little cringe. You know, you were around in in the the 20th century. Um, I mean, heck, eventually I'll be old, but like. Anyone born from 1997 onward is according to PewResearch.org. This is why I hate this, this generation shit, because it's so fucking confusing and nobody can agree on actual definitions because it's just a construct, but like... Baby boomers are the only real generation because they were actually like a surge of people that were all born at the exact same time, but from then on it's just people being born constantly and you can't really call that a generation. It's just like a constant stream of people, a constant consistent stream of people. Um, gen, gen... 
1997. So Max Frost is uh, right on the cusp, right on the, right on the boundary. He's he's right on the, right on the edge there. I think to I think to say like that his a victory is a historic victory or something is is a little misleading because he's right on the cusp. Like he he's pretty much a millennial. Kind of bullshit, you know. He's kind he's kind he's kind of not. He's 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 kind of not Gen Z, you know. Just a thought. Uh, Frost is to be the youngest member of Congress, the first Afro-Cuban member of Congress. See, that's what Bernie Sanders should have pointed out, and the first Generation Z member of of Congress. You know, I'm sure some people born in 1995 are like, "I'm Gen Z." No, you're a millennial. And I get that a lot of people don't want to find themselves as millennials because, you know, they're like, oh, um, millennial is a negative connotation or whatever. If you're born in the 90s, you can call yourself a millennial. That's much more accurate. Um, I think it's useful, actually, to have, to just say the generation starts at the millennium, not like four years before the millennium or whatever. I think it's useful to use the, the, the millennium as a cutoff point uh, in general, but... Then we got we got Bernie Sanders, and he's like, he acts as if the the victory of the Democrats in the midterms is like a, a victory, but it's not a victory for him because he's not a Democrat. He's a freaking he's a fucking socialist. So it's not like it's not like you fucking won because you're not a Democrat. You're a socialist. And I, you know, I know that it's both on the left, but everyone keeps insisting, oh, uh, if you're a liberal, you're, you're not like a socialist. And frankly, I'd agree. I think, I think, you know, like socialism and, and liberalism are very different uh, groups in the same way that like, uh, you know, um, establishment Republicans who are opposed to Trump and, uh, Hardcore Republicans who are for Trump are pretty different groups. Like, as far as groups go. So. These Bernie Sanders videos look terrible. I, I don't know what Bernie Sanders is thinking. Shit, he makes like... He makes more videos per month than I do. That's impressive, actually, Bernie. They're all shit, but he's—he's—he uh, makes a lot, a shit ton of videos. God damn. Uh, all right, let, let's go with a really reasonable take. Um, marijuana should be legal all over this country. There's one I agree with. Um, that's an example of a very sensible take that would actually improve the the lives of Coloradans and uh, everyone, because people would stop just coming here for the weed, and uh, you know. Uh, fucking their own states up because they're they need weed and just go back home and get their own weed in their own states um this is a this is a sensible rational perspective here but unfortunately the thumbnail is bernie sanders putting his hands out on either side and shrugging his shoulders and looking like an extra in ferris bueller's day off so anyone who comes across this video won't think wow this is like a really reasonable take and this guy who's saying it is cool They'll think, oh, this is the opinion of crazy people, um, because that's the image that Bernie Sanders uh, just happens to project. He is like the worst possible figure that could uh, espouse any political value.
Um, that's why socialists don't don't win in this country. So Bernie starts out saying, President Biden said something very important. Uh, Bernie Sanders, of course, makes wild erratic gestures with his with his uh, it's his right hand. He makes extremely erratic gestures with his right hand, which gives the impression that uh, Bernie Sanders' mind is falling apart and he's going a little a little rubber bandy, you know, his arm is going a little spastic. Um, you can use body language as a politician, but you don't want to flop around like spaghetti. You want, if you make a movement with your hand, you want it to be uh, decisive. You want it to be very, uh, very, like, direct, you know. Shit, the more, the more I look at actual Bernie Sanders, the more I realize that Jimmy Fallon's impression is... Uh, Pretty damn accurate. It might be the best thing I've ever seen Jimmy Fallon do, honestly. Um, anyway. So Bernie Sanders uses uh, more just ridiculous body language, and he says, uh, President Biden said that anyone who's been arrested, one will be pardoned. That's a great that's a great ruling actually. Uh props to Joe Biden for that. Props to Joe Biden. But this is what Bernie does in effect, right? He takes something that uh actual politicians who actually have power have done, you know, like Joe Biden, um, who's actually the president and is actually able to do like important shit, and he's like I did that. That was me. It was Bernie Sanders. I did that. That was, that was my that was my doings. I I I I'm actually responsible for that. That that was actually me. Uh, in that in that sense, he's kind of like a you know like a barnacle, just on the on the hole of a, a ship or a whale or something, just like sticking on, and not really doing anything. Just being like, yeah, I'm a part of this. You know, I'm Bernie Sanders, and uh, I know I'm not president. Or anything, but um, I'm I'm important, you know. I'm I'm the big shit. Um, he really hasn't changed since 2016, which is interesting. Like, he's a very static guy. He he does not. He's almost nostalgic, considering 2016 is like six years ago, and I remember he looked just as old back then too. He looked just as old. Um, he he looked. He looked exactly the same. He hasn't aged, but, you know, he always looks old, so. Hey, keep in mind, I'm not being ageist here because I like Joe Biden. Um, and Joe Biden is also always called old and, and, you know, senile and whatever. But he doesn't give off those vibes at all. It's not about what age you are. It's not about the, it's not about whether you're 80 or 90, you know. It's about the energy you give off. It's about the vibes you present. If you want to be elected to president, you have to give off vibes that say, I'm alive and I'm here right now. Joe Biden actually does give off that energy. I look at Joe Biden, I go, here's a healthy fucking guy. This guy is uh, actually, you know, not close to the grave. He's actually doing okay. And uh, he's actually all there. And he's not going crazy and you know he doesn't have a stupid haircut that makes him look like a mad scientist um he has he has a good haircut and he looks like he knows what he's doing i look at joe biden i go there's a stable guy there's a guy who can run the fucking country it's about image it's about the image you project it's not about the policies you have and it's not about the age you are 
It's about being appealing to the voters. Ultimately, that's what you got to do. You got to be likable. And Bernie Sanders just is not likable. I don't know who looks at Bernie Sanders and goes, wow, this guy is so fucking cool. This guy is so awesome. By the same token, I don't know who'd look at Hassan and go, wow, this guy is a reliable political journalist who I should place my trust in. He'll always report on the news accurately. Yes, this Hassan fellow, uh, this, is, this is a real socialist journalist here. This guy's the real shit. So here Bernie Sanders at 44 seconds into this video about how marijuana should be legal. Makes wide sweeping gestures and tries just for the most cringe joke where he's like, I tried marijuana twice about a hundred years ago. Didn't do much for me. I gather I've had different experiences. Well, yeah, no shit. Uh, everyone who gets high has, like, a different... It's different for everyone. The same way being drunk is different for everyone, or smoking is a different experience for everyone because you're a different person. Um, you know, I, I can tell Bernie isn't exactly hitting that dank kush. Um, but this is, like, the weakest possible attempted humor. He makes the, these wide... Eyes, they're like he's out of a fucking horror movie, just like the widest, glaring, most penetrating gaze possible down at his audience, like he's about to eat them alive. Um, just like the loudest possible tone of voice. This is just terrible body language. If if you want to be taken seriously, this is just terrible fucking body language to use for a, like a presidential candidate. Or any politician. Again, I don't think Bernie's going to run again. Heck, he probably will. He'll probably run 2028 for fuck's sake. There's just no stopping this guy. You know, you know what's actually really sad? Is that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg made more difference during her entire career than uh, Bernie Sanders. But because Bernie Sanders is a senator and uh, RBG is just a Supreme Court justice, uh, much less... Now, importance is placed on her. I think that's that's a real problem because uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a much more important political figure than Bernie Sanders, um, and is actually a figure worth respecting. I I find I find that odd, you know. That uh, I guess that that's just the general bias that senators get more clout than a than uh, Supreme Court justices or whatever. But the, the like, as far as Supreme Court justices go, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is easily, like, probably the best in American history in terms of just understanding the legal system and, and functioning within it and making great contributions to American society. Um, Bernie Sanders ends the video with, I happen to believe that marijuana should be legal all over this country. All right, we've got to continue that effort. And then uh, just, like, really light applause, or maybe it fades out. You can't tell how much people give a shit. He's probably got an audience of, like, 200 people here uh, at the most. That's just so, like, it's such a terrible video. Oh, Bernie Sanders is on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. Maybe, maybe we'll check that out.
I, I don't get why Bernie Sanders would go on real time with Bill Maher. That's like the opposite of the type show you should be going on to reach reach a general audience. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm 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 a liberal, but I think Bill Maher is the type who gives us the worst possible image. Actually, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that Bernie Sanders is on Bill Maher because just like how Bernie Sanders gives the worst possible image to socialists. The more it gives the worst possible image of liberals. Um, I don't get Bill Maher. Like, he's he's not funny. He's, he's smug as fuck. Um, and I get that kind of stereotype of liberals that, that we're all a bunch of smug, smug stuck-up elitists. And maybe that's the case with me, you know. Maybe I am a smug, stuck-up elitist. Maybe I'm not exactly a man of the people. Maybe I'm not a socialist, but... Um, Bill Maher takes it to a new extreme. And Bill Maher is also really cringe because his, his takes are just generally like hot garbage. And he platforms like Steve Bannon and neo-Nazis and shit. And it's like, why why do that? What's the point? You think you're going to have an interesting conversation with Nick Fuentes? You really think you're going to have like a, a scintillating discussion there? No. Because Nick Fuentes has rocks in his brain. And he's a weak-ass little coward. Like, yeah, you're not going to get the the biggest, um, you're not going to get the the best possible uh, talk show content from freaking Nick Fuentes or whatever. Is Nick Fuentes on an episode of Bill Maher? Let's see. Probably is. Bill Maher will give everyone a, a fucking platform. He'll be like, come on. Let's see. Does Bill Maher have a... Does Bill Maher have standards as he put on Nick Fuentes on any of the, uh, real time? I guess Nick Fuentes isn't on a, uh, episode of Bill Maher, but Steve Bannon is, right? Steve Bannon, uh, is a self-admitted racist. Yeah, there we go. Steve Bannon's on Bill Maher. Um, just terrible content. Like, who is it for? You know, who watches this? Who goes, oh, wow, Bill Maher is, is going to change... Uh, Bill Maher is going to change Steve Bannon's mind or whatever. Uh, that's that's just a terrible approach to take. Like you don't you don't need to bring a fucking neo-Nazi on your show uh, to make the point that neo-Nazism is bad. It, it, it's obvious to anyone who's like not a dipshit. Um, this was four years ago in uh, 2018. Uh, Bill Maher and Bernie Sanders. Sir, so we have quite possibly the two most cringe figures in current day politics. I, I would say, uh, yeah, I'd say Bill Maher and Bernie Sanders may be the two most cringe figures on the left. So they're in the same room together, and it's like a real portrait of just the worst aspects of liberalism and the worst aspects of socialism here together in a room. And um, uh, I guess another common element between Bernie and, and uh, Bill Maher is that they're both extremely out of touch. Like, Bill Maher, uh, you know, he used to be, like, back in the, like, early 2000s, he was, uh, that's back when he was relevant, and back when people, like, you know, actually knew who he was, and were like, like, oh, it's Bill Maher, the, the well-respected political commentator. Um, but today, uh, nobody knows who he is, and he's faded into basically obscurity, except by, like, hardcore Bill Maher and, and, you know, uh, like, talk show fans. And, and Bernie Sanders is also completely uh, out of his depth and hasn't been relevant in years. So we have here the, the two prominent has-beens of the left. 
Um, I can't, I can't stand Bill Maher. He's just like, he's just the, the dumbest dipshit. I don't get who goes, oh, wow. Bill Maher is so, is so cool. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that Bill Maher, um, is alt-right. Or I'm not, I'm not going to say Bill Maher is, uh, you know, a, a neo-Nazi secretly. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't even argue Bill Maher is a centrist. This is the common misconception, is that if, if you're just, like, uh, a liberal and you're cringe, then you're not a liberal. Anyone can be cringe. Anyone in any political party can be cringe. Liberals aren't immune from it. Socialists aren't immune from it. Centrists aren't. Nobody's immune from it. Every political... Every political... Uh, inclination has has a, has a few has a few cringe figures um or is not alt-right he's not he's not a neo-nazi just because he brings steve bannon on he's just a really out of touch old school liberal um much like myself and i can i can identify with bill moore on this basis um i'm not I'm not a progressive in the modern sense. I'm a progressive in the sense of the Obama era, because that's the system under which I first began engaging with politics on a serious level and learning about the American political system. So my definition of the term liberal is probably different from the definition of someone younger than me who goes, oh, liberals are uh, actually centrist or whatever bullshit. Um... Uh, that's why I like figures like, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden and Obama, um, because that's the type of liberal, that's the stripe of liberal that I was first introduced to. Um, and, you know, like Hillary Clinton, I think she's great too. But that's because that's just the, the type liberal I run with. And I don't mean like... When I say I'm a leftist, I don't mean I'm like Bernie Sanders. I don't mean I'm like, you know, uh, OC or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leftist in the sense that I, I ascribe to the same ideology Obama would. The same ideology that brought America into like golden years of prosperity during the fucking Obama administration. So Bill Maher, by that same token, uh, I'd actually put me and Bill Maher in the same camp of type liberals. And I'd put uh, Jon Stewart in there, too. Uh, although John Stewart obviously has been much more uh, adept at adapting to the current climate, and he's much better at like, um, just kind of uh, adapting to the current situation. And uh, as far as that goes, I'd say John Stewart is much more effective. Um, his new show is actually popular uh, because he's like good at adapting. Uh, Bill Maher is not good at adapting. Bill Maher still acts like it's two thousand five. Like, like we're still, you know, uh, rallying around John Kerry, um, and that's not, it's not a, a, it's not a sustainable practice anymore. Bill Maher is an old school liberal who refuses to just like update his thoughts even a little bit, so you get like these extremely boomer takes coming out of him. I've seen a video, from, like, back when you know, uh, cell phones with cameras started getting big. In this clip, Bill Maher says that they're not going to get big and everyone is going to find them annoying. And while plenty of people do find cell phones and cell phones with cameras annoying, 
absolutely have gotten big. Bill Moore is really bad at predicting what comes next and is really bad at making predictions in general. And that's uh, not good when you're a political commentator. Uh, you, you should be able to predict what comes next with reasonable accuracy. Not with 100%, but if you're saying, like, cell phones aren't going to catch on, come on, of course they are. Um, they're, they're a practical uh, appliance. I don't have one, but then again, it's not practical for me to have one. I get why other people would want one. Um, Bill Maher is currently 66, and he was born in New York. And still, for the most part, is indicative of New York. Maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe just New York. Um, liberals are annoying. Bill Maher is among the most admired vegan celebrities out there. Just one problem: he's not vegan. Oh, good. Uh, that's that's okay, Bill. Keep eat, keep eating the beef. You do you. Um. But there are some really, really annoying uh, aspects of Bill Maher. Bill Maher is a supporter of animal rights, having served on the board of PETA since 1997. How, how can you be? How can you be with PETA if you're not vegan? I don't know how that. I don't know how the fuck that works. How are you on PETA if you're not vegan? Like you can't. You can't eat meat. PETA doesn't uh, like that. What the heck? What the heck, Bill Maher? How do you do that? It's kind of it's kind of magic, honestly. Being being a being big big part of PETA, but also like eating meat and not being vegan. That's interesting. So uh, here on FoxNews.com, uh, we have uh, I'm not going to disable my ad blocker, Fox News. Fuck you. Uh, I'm not not going to do that. Fuck you, Fox News. Let me use an extension actually to get this uh, get this garbage article from Fox News. Um, we've got for you says Fox News. Sure. If you like our coverage, please disable your ad blocker. Well, I don't like your coverage, Fox News, but I'm trying to get to this article of yours uh, to make fun of it. So. I'm gonna use an extension to get around the fucking paywall, because uh, I'm not I'm not gonna see ads on Fox News. Not that it matter, but I, I'm just not going to because it's fucking annoying. Uh, there we go. All right, so Fox News says Bill Maher attacks left for not understanding freedom. Woke and liberal are two different things. Bill Maher closed out 2022 by declaring that liberalism and woke culture should not be considered the same thing. So this this is a video where he's sitting across the table from a... I don't know who this is. I guess some Fox News dipshit. Oh, yeah. It's actually just a video. I'll, I'll go back to the actual video in question. So he's sitting across from some Fox News dipshit. I don't know his name. It's not Tuck. It's not Tucker or any of those that I that I'm aware of. It's some like obscure Fox News guy. This Fox News dipshit says. 
Yeah, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. So, Bill Maher says, this is, this is what I gather from this clip here. Bill Maher says, woke and liberal are two different things. Liberals just like freedom. That's what l the prefix liber means. Um, and the, the guy sitting across from him is like, I want to open up a business in Dallas. And I gotta do this woke shit, and I wanna do this woke shit. I wanna do this woke shit. And Bill Maher is like, a lot of people think I'm a conservative, but I'm not a conservative. Just, uh, I, I, I just don't wanna be woke. Um, very out of touch. And while I, I don't think Bill Maher is a conservative, definitely not, I think Bill Maher here is confusing, uh, libertarians with liberals, which is a mistake I see quite a bit. Pretty rookie mistake there uh, to confuse liberals with libertarians. For the record, libertarians are just Republicans who use that word so they don't have to admit that they're Republicans and they want to appear like they're cool. Um, but uh, libertarianism is the system under which you can do anything uh, free of government regulation and the big the big feds don't step in to make sure you're abiding by OSHA regulations or whatever in your giant Dallas asbestos plant or whatever. Um, liberalism is a much different political ideology. Um, it's not about like total freedom and being able to do whatever you want. Uh, it's just about like, um, you know, uh, human rights under a capitalist system, a moderately capitalist system, not like hardcore right right wing, you know, laissez-faire capitalism. It's about just you know basic principles. It's not. It's it's about it's about participation in the system, not about avoiding the system and doing whatever the fuck you want. So Bill Maher there, I think, uh, really really mixes up liberalism and uh, libertarianism. Uh, which is a great trick. I have to hand it to the GOP for inventing the, the concept of libertarianism, making it sound like liberalism so people would be confused, but I'm not an idiot, so I'm not confused by that. Um, but it seems Bill Maher is. Bill Maher says, I'm not a conservative, and I don't think Bill Maher is a conservative. I just think he's a really out-of-touch liberal who's, uh, you know, 20 years out of date, and is really bad at keeping up with the pace. He's an old-school liberal. Uh, let me give you an example of a, a, a similar old-school liberal who I'd, I'd argue belongs to the same school of thought as Bill Maher, but is actually, like, effective at uh, changing with the times. Uh, that would be Shoe on Head. Uh, Shoe on Head is, of course, a, a classic old-school-type liberal very much on the left, and she said that multiple times, but often gets accused of being a centrist or being a conservative or uh, being on the right. And uh, that's not the case, but she often gets uh, accused of that. On the other hand, though, I'd argue Shuan Head is able to have a much more, uh, much more an impact and much more a connection uh, with the young voters of today because she's actually funny and is a good commentator. Uh, that that's an example 
uh, I'll give of like effective political commentary done in an effective capacity where like you, you agree with most things Shuenhead says. Um, June Lapine is, is an old school liberal, just like Bill Maher, but is able to adapt much more, like Jon Stewart. She's able to uh, adapt and, and change as new information comes out and kind of alter her perspective. Um, and plenty of people have accused her of being a conservative, uh, but she's not. And also, she's much more dismissive of the, the woke terminology or whatever. She's just a very effective uh, political commentator. If, if, if Shuan had said, like, I'm not woke... I'm just, I just want freedom, and that's what liberalism means. Uh, that's a really cringe take. If she said something like that, like what Bill Maher said, uh, which is unappealing, uh, then uh, she'd get a lot less viewership. Um, the reason that Bill Maher is falling off is not that he's an old-school liberal. Uh, it's just that he's really cringe. It's just that he's uh, annoying and bad at making points and bad at expressing his thoughts uh, in a political context, and that's why he's not popular. But you can be an old-school liberal um, and actually be very popular. You know, not like a far-left socialist like Bernie Sanders type, but you can, you can be a uh, liberal and actually be very popular, and uh, Shuan Head is a great case study of that. All her videos are extremely well put together and hilarious and edited very well, and she dives into politics a, a ton. But there's never a point where you feel like you're watching Bill Maher. There's never a point where you feel like, uh, like she's so far gone, she has no idea what she's saying. She's, she seems very much on the ball, June Lapine does. So I'll say that. That's an example of effective old-school liberalism uh, in its... I, I'd argue that's some of the most effective old-school liberalism out there. So you compare that to a figure like Hassan. Hassan is often cited as an effective socialist who can get to the, get to the young people. I would argue that is a terrible idea. Hassan is a horrible person to buy anything about socialism from. Hassan is annoying, he doesn't say anything of substance, he just sits in front of a camera for six hours every day. Do you really think that someone who sits in front of a camera for six hours every fucking day is an effective political commentator? I would argue, hell no. You can't possibly effectively commentate on politics for that amount of time. That's not going to work. The reason uh, news is typically broken up into short increments, like 30 minutes or so, or 60 minutes, you know, is because to make a really effective piece of political commentary or societal commentary or report on something that's currently going on, you can't just sit there for six hours and fuck around. You have to be succinct. That's why, again, shoe-on-head videos are so effective, because they're like 40 minutes at the most. And uh, she doesn't do the streaming shit. Hassan is so freaking annoying, and I don't get who the heck looks at this guy and goes, "Yes, this is the face I want uh, to to represent socialism going forward." It it's like his thumbnails all have 
just going through his thumbnails here, I've never actually seen his thumbnails, but holy shit, they're awful. It's Hassan making these goofy-ass faces in front of his stupid microphone, and you got, like, text on there. It's like, maybe? LeBron of lying? Uh, 2022? Arrested. It's over. I felt like Ted Bundy. I'm done. Konnichiwa? It's so big. Disney is too gay now. Robocop. Hassan says, I had he has one called I hate Bill Maher. He sucks! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Followed immediately by a, a video titled in all caps, Joe Biden is a traitor. And uh, the caption on that is, not this time, Jack. Uh, just the, these videos look like absolute cancer. I cannot imagine watching these videos. Now, these videos obviously aren't well-made, you know, videos with, like, intention. They're just Twitch clips. They're just freaking clips from his Twitch channel, which is the worst possible type of content, because you cannot just clip up a Twitch stream and turn it into effective, succinct content that makes a point. Uh, let, let's see... Let's see the, uh... Just an example here. Let's see, uh... Uh, let's try Zelensky comes to America. Uh, where, where Hassan just sits in front of his fucking camera and, and just reacts to the chat. And that's the problem, too. When you make a video out of a Twitch stream where you're constantly reacting to the chat and you constantly have to engage with whatever the stupid morons in the chat have to say, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good point, uh, butt smack. 65? Wow, that, that's a great point, mister. Oh, yeah. You say that? Well, I don't know about that. See, that's the problem, is it like, when you, when you have to react to your audience and whatever your audience is saying every five seconds, you can't make a direct observation or make an argument worth a shit. Imagine getting your news like this in this extremely fast-paced, hyperactive, breakfast cereal fashion. It's so sad to think that a lot of people in my generation and younger are clicking on Hassan videos to get their drip feed of news. And a while back, a couple episodes back, I talked about content that is just designed to appeal to the algorithm as much as possible. Um... Hassan's content definitely follows that, uh, that formula. You got the most boring possible video topics. Elon Musk is falling apart. Is AI art stealing? Uh, biggest Elon Musk L so far? Uh, Ben Shapiro is a Disney adult? Kanye is done. Yeah, we all know Kanye's done, okay? We, we we all know this. There's no possible way to avoid the fact that Kanye is done. Would I would I watch a, a Hassan video on that, or would I watch a video by someone who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about and isn't reacting to their Twitch chat every five seconds? Uh, probably I'd go with uh, someone else to talk about Kanye instead of Hassan, because there's much more effective videos about that. 
I mean, it's boring to keep hearing about Kanye, considering I, I've been saying for years that Kanye's rap is really mediocre. And now people are starting to realize that, that, like, Kanye is not the best rapper. He's not the worst rapper. He's not the worst rapper out there. He's far from that, but he's definitely not the best. Like, putting him in the same camp as, like, Biggie and Cypress Hill and shit uh, is ridiculous. Like, he's not that good. So, we got Hassan saying, The more I hear about the Colorado Spring Shooter, um, great video title there, and the text, the caption in the thumbnail is, Is he gay? Question mark, period, 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 ellipses, quotation mark. Um, probably not, Hassan, probably not. He's probably, he's probably not gay. Um, I'm willing to guess, Hassan, that if you go into a, a, gay, a gay club, and you shoot the place up, you're probably not gay. That's that's probably not how it works, Hassan. But let's go for a 27-minute fucking video about this nonsense, where you react to your Twitch chat like, ooh, is, 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 the, is the guy who uh, doesn't like gay people actually gay? You know, I've heard a conspiracy theory about Hitler being gay. Yeah, probably not. Heck, I've heard a conspiracy theory about Hitler being Jewish. Yeah, probably not. That's probably not how it fucking works, okay? Um, that, that's very unlikely. So, the description of this video is, The more I hear about the Colorado Spring Shooter, the more questions I have. Oh, you don't say, Hassan. See, here's the thing, right? As a Coloradan who, like, is actually affected by this shit, I don't get how Hassan is able to come in and be like, ooh, was the Colorado Spring shooter actually gay? Like, what was he? Right? This is just, like, so deplorable. And whenever I talk about 9-11, and I don't even say that, like, the, the feelings of people who were affected by 9-11 uh, are, like, you know, that, like, they don't get to feel sad about. I've said on the record that you get to feel sad about 9-11. I've said in the past that, like, as a Coloradan, I don't really care about 9-11 because it's not my state and I don't live there. And, you know, it didn't affect me any. And whenever I say that, people are like, oh, you don't get to not care about 9-11 because it, it happened 2,000 miles away from you and didn't affect your life in any meaningful capacity because you were born a year after it. Um, you, don't get to, you don't get to not care about 9-11. But how does Hassan... Like, this freaking he's from freaking New Jersey. He was born in New Jersey. I don't know where the heck he's from. Born in New Jersey, and he's, in like, you know, California now. How the fuck does he get to talk about, you know, freaking Colorado shit? It is what I think. Like, if there's a tragedy in a state, the state can, the state can freaking mourn and grieve. But if you're, like, a fucking Californian, you're like, Oh, I'm so sorry about what happened in Colorado. You just come off as, like, detached and fucking stupid. Same if I, if I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry about 9-11. That's so sad. Oh, no. I'd come up like a dipshit, because it, it didn't affect me. And I have to be honest about that. I have to be like, 9-11 didn't mean shit in my life. If, if you have a, a parent or something who died, that's really sad. But it didn't affect me jack shit. So I don't really care about it. Now, if Hassan took the approach I take, the, the reasonable approach of just not talking about this shit if you're not in the same state as it, you're not, like, directly affected by it, 
I'm not even really directly affected by the Colorado Springs sh shooting, but it is sad, and it's in the same state as me, so I'm like, shit, you know, this is sad. And I have the right to, because I'm a fucking Colorado, and I live here. When Hassan goes, oh, was, <laughs> what if, get this, get this hot, spicy piece of gossip, what if the Colorado Springs shooter was actually gay? Uh, coming from a guy who's, uh, you know, in all likelihood, never fucking been to Colorado Springs. I've been to Colorado Springs. I've been in the place where this shit happened. I've also been to the Century 21 Theater in Aurora. And guess what, Hassan? I have. Um, I, I've been to these places. So, yeah, I'd say I can be sad. I think Hassan Piker going, oh... What what if he was gay? I'm gonna I'm gonna make a 27 minute video about this shit, just cause uh, cause I feel like it. It's like I I I I I don't get why people take Hassan seriously. He's a fucking joke. Um, at 6:55. He, he hasn't been to Colorado Springs, so what the fuck is he talking about? You know, I think Colorado Springs does have a serious problem with, with how conservative they are, and maybe after the shooting, they'll they'll consider that. Um, but, like, to say, oh, I'll make a 27-minute video about this fucking tragedy, because uh, cause what if he was gay? That's just so shit. It's so stupid. It's such a stupid idea for a video. It's just garbage content that just gets chugged out. Now, Hassan probably reaches the conclusion at the end uh, that uh, he's not gay, because of course he's not. But, like... Like, wh why, why is... Why is this even a talking point? Why, why do you... Like, why... Why make a video about this shit? It, it's stupid gossip. It's stupid fucking gossip of no consequence to anyone. The the Colorado shooter's dad, there's a tweet, which his son reads, the Colorado shooter's dad on finding out his son murdered people. They started telling me about the incident, a shooting, and then I go on to find out it's a gay bar. I got scared. Shit, is he gay? And he's not gay. So I said, phew, I am a conservative Republican. Yeah, that's the kind of thing this dipshit would say. Um, that's exactly what I'd expect. But Hassan is like, what? This is crazy, guys. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Ellen the chat. Ellen the chat. It's like, it's pathetic. This, Hassan is fucking pathetic. If Dingo could get me to have a talk with Hassan, holy shit, sparks would fly. But I'd settle for Destiny. I would. I would. I, I would settle for Destiny. Anyway... One month ago, we have a, a big sensationalist thumbnail with Hassan and his stupid face over on the right. Twitter is done, in all caps. Uh, here's how you know not to take someone seriously if they have any video titles in all caps. Uh, they're a clown. Uh, big text in there, on the bottom left. It's over! And you got uh, Elon Musk, you know, uh, in the crouch position. You've seen it, you know, he's like... Like... Has, has his hands in kind of a praying pose, and uh, the the Twitter logo in the background. It's over. Twitter is done. Uh, Twitter is not done. In fact, let me check right now. Twitter is done. I'm pretty sure Twitter is going to keep existing, even if Elon Musk sells it. Uh, d does Twitter still exist? 
Uh, that that was one month ago. Oh wait, yeah. Uh, Twitter Twitter is still up. Uh, a lot less people use it at this point, um, but it still exists. Yeah, it's it's still there. Wow, the trending shit on Twitter only has like two thousand four hundred tweets each. I mean, yeah, Twitter's user base has declined a lot, but um, it's not a it's not actually a it's not actually a going to, like, stop existing anytime soon. Someone else is just going to buy it. Um, Twitter is about to get way worse one month ago. Um, Hassan over there on the right, um, and Elon Musk with a, with an emoji sweat drop on his forehead. The, the worst thumbnails. Th these are the type thumbnails... And I'm sure Dingo thinks, you know, that these type thumbnails are great. Um, these are these are very these are very effective thumbnails in like convincing someone to click on your video. You put these stupid faces on, and you're like, "What? He's back? I'm sorry, but what? 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 We're fucked." You know, with these giant captions and like, "Ugh, what? What is up here?" I'm sure that if you, uh, I'm sure that if you do that and you comment entirely on like current events, like the most basic news stories that everyone's heard of, like, oh, did you know that uh, Kanye has said some things? Hey, did you know that Elon runs Twitter now? Hey, did did you know that? Did you know that that uh, that that uh, Bill Maher? Did you know that 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 uh, that. Uh, Ben Shapiro, you know, I'm sick of I'm sick of just seeing videos about Ben Shapiro. Like, most most people don't just make videos about Ben Shapiro anymore. Most people have like moved on. I guess Hassan has not. Um, yeah, these videos are just the the fucking worst in terms of political commentary, like accurate political commentary. Um, you know, I, I fully admit, and I've said this on a previous episode, this shit is filler. When I when I just talk into a microphone for two hours straight, I don't mean for people to like get invested in the in the Q and A or anything, because there's no way I can make this as good as an actual video, because I can't edit it. You know, this is raw, unfiltered audio here. But Hassan, on the other end, spends like fucking six hours. Or I've heard some reports that say just, like, sits there all day. That's not healthy, Hassan. You know, go the fuck outside. Go on a walk or something. And I just, once a week, can you imagine doing this shit every day? Like, just sitting for hours on end every fucking day? Unhealthy, Hassan. Go out and get, get, some, get some air, okay? Okay, Hassan? Okay, now you, you, you listening at home might notice that uh, I'm being a hypocrite. I'm telling Hassan what to do. And earlier in the episode, I said that people should do whatever makes them uh, personally happy, gives them fulfillment. Um, I, I realize that. I'm being a bit of a hypocrite. If Hassan is happy making garbage content, tell you what, Hassan, if you're happy, if you're happy making the trash, then, then good on you, Hassan. Okay, how's that sound, huh? Uh, we have here four weeks ago, CHINA IS FED UP, all caps. CHINA HAS BROKEN OUT INTO PROTESTS OVER INTENSE COVID LOCKDOWN MEASURES. Um, 
the, the comments say. Mr. Hassan, the way you talk about depressing news makes me feel hopeful. Do you have any idea at all how much you help people like me? I bless you 1,000 times over and say hi to your mom. 106 likes on that comment. That's really sad. That's really sad that, like, Hassan is helping people. He's not helping anyone because he's the, the worst possible political commentator. And there are so many better videos about politics out there. I mean, fuck. There, there's, like, there's so many better videos. You just watch these fucking Twitch streams. They are the worst. They are the worst way to get, get information, accurate information, about current political and global events. Because Twitch is a fucking gaming website. It's not a news website. And I know people are like, oh, but you can't trust the news. If you don't trust mainstream news, trust alternative news. I've, I've read a socialist newspaper. It's an effective publication. It fucking works. I'm not a socialist, but I read it and I go, okay, these guys take journalism seriously. They give a shit. I, I, I've, I know, I've read, some, I've read a fucking pinko newspaper, and it's fine. It's, it's a good, well-structured newspaper. If you don't trust CNN, if you don't trust Fox, go ahead. Just fucking read a socialist newspaper. Just don't watch Hassan. His videos are ass. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't stand these faces and the thumbnails. They're the fucking worst. Andrew Tate arrested. All caps. Now here you might be asking, hey, what is Hassan, who's supposedly a political commentator, talking about Andrew Tate, uh, an online shit poster for? Uh, it's not like, you know, back in the day when news was taken seriously, it's not like Walter Cronkite would be talking about, like, Hugh Hefner, because celebrity gossip and politics are two different realms of, of uh, journalism. Well, uh, see, Hassan is an all-in-one all type of guy. He'll cover the Colorado Spring shooting in one video and then cover Andrew Tate in the next because Hassan is a fucking cockroach and will just do anything that gets him the clicks and the views and feeds right into his gaping, fake socialist maw. I'm gonna say it. Uh, Hassan isn't even a real socialist and shouldn't even be taken seriously as it. He seems like the biggest fucking grifter. Uh, which is sad, because there's a lot of really dedicated socialists out there. Holy shit, this is your, this is like your main guy, along with Bernie Sanders. Hassan and Bernie, leading the socialist agenda. Like, that's just terrible. It's so terrible for, for the frickin' future of, uh, socialism. There's so many fucking socialists, like, I, I know, right? Like, they put out an actual newspaper... Probably definitely more than like ten nationwide. There's probably thousands small-scale socialist journalists who actually do their fucking job. And sure, I don't agree with it all, but they do their job and they do it well and they try. They're not just fucking Hassan out here going, "What? LOL. L in the chat. Dank f's. Oh my gosh, I'm on Twitch. I'm on. I'm on Twitch, and it's epic." Whoa. Uh, on December 13th, 2021, Piker was banned from Twitch for one week. This here is on his Wikipedia page. Piker is banned from Twitch for one week for using the racial epithet cracker repeatedly on stream. 
a term still considered by many to be demeaning and bigoted, which was historically used with regard to poor, landless, rural white people of the American South. Um, I, for one, don't give a shit about that history, because even a poor, landless, rural white guy in the American South uh, probably had it a lot better than a poor, landless, rural black guy. So I really don't think, uh, you know, using this term that's been used to describe rednecks or whatever is uh, that big a deal. That's my take on Cracker. Yeah, I, I, heard, I heard about when Twitch banned that. Of course they would, because Twitch is fucking insane. But, uh, you know, I'm white, so I'll say honky, Cracker, whatever the fuck as much as I want. You know, if you're going to give black guys the inward pass then uh, white people should have the cracker pass. I'm, I'm going to say it like, yeah, you can say cracker if you're white. You can say whatever uh, white term you want if you're white, because you're white. That, that's very basic shit. Now, you could argue, uh, is Hassan actually white? You know, he's, he's uh, supposedly part Turkish. I'd say he's, he, he's white enough to the point where he can say cracker, and I wouldn't get upset, okay? So, that's not the thing to worry about with Hassan. It's it, it's not, oh, does he use, you know, white source. It's that he's a fucking garbage political commentator. And there's no value to anything he's ever said. And to think that young people are actually, like, taking him seriously as a figure of, like, political influence uh, is bad for the future of America. Not bad for liberalism, because, heck, we don't have figures like Hassan, you know, who's, like, a fucking nut, um... We just have, like, Joe Biden, who's the fucking sitting president of the United States. So, yeah, it's not a problem for me, but just in terms of socialists, just take this whole episode as, like, basic advice for socialists for how to get your shit together and, and uh, you know, to freaking try, you know? Um, you know, I, I'm like, if it's part of your culture, you know, like, if you're white and uh, you call yourself a cracker, that's fine said this last week, but, like, you know, if there's some Buddhist out there, right, like, people can interpret anything however they want, but if it's not the thing, they don't get to say it's racist or whatever. Like, if there's a Buddhist, right, and they use the, the swastika that's, I forget if it's left-facing or right-facing, but, like, if they use that, and I won't just go, oh, you're a Nazi, I'll go, oh, I'm so sorry the Nazis stole your, your religious symbol and turned it into a, a symbol of hate. But luckily, you know, I can do my fucking research and tell the left-facing one from the right-facing one or whatever. I wouldn't prohibit a Buddhist from doing that because they're not, they're not trying to be racist. And I wouldn't go, oh, I interpret your use of the, of the Buddhist version as, as racist. I interpret it that way. It's either, I've said this before and I'll say it again, either something is racist or it's not. Either something says that certain races are superior to others, either either it espouses that garbage belief or it does not. And it's not that hard to draw the line. It's not that hard to tell the difference, you know. Um it, it like to to anyone with a lick of sense. So um like very basic shit. But as far as Cracker goes, that's not the problem with uh, Hassan. The problem with Hassan is that he's uh freaking annoying. Piker argued that the term should not be considered a slur since a person using it is powerless and they are doing it as someone who has been historically oppressed blowing off, blowing off steam. 
I w again, I wouldn't argue that. I would argue that uh, the average redneck down in the South is probably a lot is probably a lot better off than the average black guy down in the South. Um, I, I would argue that. I would argue that in terms of the the social hierarchy, on average, uh, a cracker probably has a lot more, uh, you know, societal leverage than you know, like a slave, like obviously. It's kind of a stupid argument to be like, oh, we rednecks had it just as tough as, as the black folk because we was uh, poor and lived on the forum. Uh, yeah, but you, you weren't, like, considered someone else's property. So, you know, you had a little, you had a little easier existence. Um, he, further he further contended Cracker is not a slur in the same way as other racial slurs. Piker said that... It's something I've talked about so many times, because it's like, white boys love saying cracker is the same as the n-word. It's really stupid. The etymology of the word is different. It comes from whip cracker. So the power is still in the hands of the white person in that situation, whereas the n-word is dehumanizing. So, uh, Hassan here saying, uh, white boys, I guess he doesn't consider himself a white boy. If he doesn't, he shouldn't be saying cracker. If he doesn't consider himself white, he certainly shouldn't be using uh, white slurs. But if he does, then he can. Uh, cracker is actually the same as the N-word in that if, if you belong to the uh, marginalized or oppressed group that has been called that, then you can reclaim it and use it. You know, like how... Uh, just, just like the N-word. Like, if Kendrick Lamar says the N-word in a rap song, I'm not gonna be like, oh, you freaking racist, how dare you use that term? Oh gosh, this is an outrage. How can you use that in your song, Kendrick? You bastard. Um, you know, because he's black, so it's fine. Um, the same way if you're white, uh, you can absolutely say cracker. And that's okay. And who gives a shit? You're white. <laughs> it, I, I'm not sure why this is a, a point of contention for anyone, but I, I certainly see why it'd be a point of contention for Twitch, because Twitch is fucking insane. And it, it, it's just like the worst place to post content or give a shit or anything. Like, anyone who uses Twitch, um, here's some advice for you. Just don't. Just, like, do something else. Make content some other way, some other website. Make a, you know, make a podcast or just, like, Use some other shit, because Twitch's rules on censorship on what can be said and can't be said, and what, you know, can be shown and can't be shown. And it's not fucking woke culture, it's not cancel culture. In fact, being canceled from Twitch, being from a band from Twitch is probably the best possible thing that could happen to anyone, because then they'll actually try to make decent content uh, on another, on a, somewhere else, and like, actually put effort and time into it. Uh, it's not woke or cancel culture, it's just that Amazon is a terribly run company from the top up, from the top down, and they're fucking shit. And I find it really ironic that Hassan talks about, you know, how uh, Jeff Bezos is so bad when he works for an Amazon subsidiary. It's an example of fucking hypocrisy on the highest scale there. Like, he's your fucking boss, he's where you get your all, all your fucking fat paychecks from. Freaking hypocrites, so... That really is loathsome. Hassan really is a, a, a political termite of the of the highest caliber, of the worst order. Uh, a regular bastard. 
I don't get what anyone gets out of Hassan. He is the least exciting, like, least freaking interesting journalist around. I, I, I hesitate to even call him a journalist, because he, he literally just sits in a chair for six hours straight. Outlets dedicated to video game culture and youth culture have covered Piker's streams positively. In particular, journalists have noted his ability to combine information and entertainment, which again is the whole reason people don't like CNN and Fox News, because they do all this gimmick shit and try and make it entertaining instead of just reporting the facts, which is what journalism is all about. Accurate information and not being the goofy clown. Um, he approaches left-wing political coverage in a way that is relatable and accessible to Twitch viewers who may feel out of touch with cable news. Uh, I'm sure that the same people who are out of touch with cable news would also be uh, feel pretty out of touch with an actual socialist newspaper that actually tries, um, because both are much better run than Hassan's uh, clown stream. Uh, some authors also cite Piker's vulgar animated style of expression and his physical appearance as notable factors behind his popularity. Gaming website Kotaku selected Piker as one of their Gamers of the Year for 2020, citing him as a major figure in the mainstreaming of political commentary on Twitch, a platform which in the past was seen as discouraging to political discussion. Uh, that actually makes a lot of sense that Twitch was discouraging because it's a fucking gaming website. It's like if it's it's like if freaking John Tron uh, start ran for senator or something. Those are two fields that should not overlap. I don't want gaming in my politics, and I don't want politics in my gaming. And I'm not a fucking gamer. And gaming is cringe. So gaming can suck it because I I I I care about politics because it's the real world. And gaming is a fucking constructed imaginary fantasy that a bunch of chubby neckbeards run off to. I'm done with that shit. Gaming can uh, screw it. But, uh, politics? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I don't want a gaming politician. I don't need a fucking gamer uh, being my newsfeed for, for politics. That's really fucking stupid. Anyway. Uh, I can't stand... I can't stand Hassan... That's my take on Hassan. I don't think I've ever brought him up on the Q&A here before, but I cannot fucking stand Hassan. Uh, he's the worst. And if you get your political information from him, uh, just don't. Uh, he's not even a real socialist. He's just a massive fraud, and his videos are ass, and his streams are ass. And uh, there are few political figures who are more obnoxious than that. I really cannot stand the guy. Uh, he's annoying as shit. And I guess the main takeaway from this week's episode is uh, America needs better socialists uh, to represent them. Because uh, there are some great socialists out there. I think it's that like the, the socialist ideology in general is more about collectivism than individuality. So they don't really know who to use as their big leader. They don't really know who to prop up as their main figure. Like, you know, getting the message out there and getting votes. They don't know who to go for because they're all concerned with not, you know, propping anyone up too much above the rest. And, of course, a grifter 
like Hassan comes along and props himself up over all the real socialists who don't really want to choose a charismatic leader. But here's the here's the the issue, right? If like it or not, if socialists want to actually make a difference, make a make a tangible impact on the American political system in any way whatsoever, they do need to choose a real leader because that's how this American system works. You need to choose a candidate. If you can't do that, you're going to keep losing. So, so I get that you know your your ideology of collectivism kind of runs against that, runs counter to it. But just as an outside pers- outside observer here, as a liberal, this is a terrible way to conduct yourself, and you gotta get someone better than Hassan and Bernie up there. You you gotta at this point. Like, you're not going to win. You're not going to make any difference. You're not going to do jack shit. Free education, free health care, you're not going to get that. Good luck with that. You're not going to get there if you keep using these cringe figures to represent you. Um, sorry. You need to work within the system and get someone who actually is worthwhile before you can make effective change to the system. You need to actually get someone who's, who's worth a shit. But if you have someone whose whole controversy, whose whose biggest controversy is saying cracker, you're not uh, you're not going to be taken seriously. You're going to be taken as the fringe clown party that that nobody should take seriously. So, here's some basic advice. There are just some thoughts. Um, this one was a little heated. I don't really like Hassan. I really don't like Hassan. But I hope Hassan's happy. And if Dingo can get me in touch with him, man, oh man. Sparks and fly. Fireworks all day, man. I'd be into that. You bet. I, I would be so fucking into that. Let me tell you. I would be like, wow. If I could cat if I could get inside a son's easily little head, that would be something. Anywho to everyone out there listening in, happy new year, and more Nicholas comics are on the way. I one am tired and I'm ready. 2023. So, yeah. Reconnect with your past. Don't let it last. Pennywise down in the sewer saying, Jordy, come on down here. It'll be fun. Grab the shotgun. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Do you want to be on the show? Join the Nicholas Comics Discord server today. I'll answer any questions you have. You can appear in the next episode. Do you want to buy Nicholas Comics? Right to. Nicholas Gay, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, 80206. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode. You're waiting for a signal across the Great Valley. Up to the north, there's the metropolis of Carthag. What a fucking tourist trap.